Fun fact about this um, message that I'm going to share tonight, um, the first time, so I don't like to recycle messages, um, but uh, somebody did the old switcheroo on me for tonight and said I was supposed to preach another time in the distant future next week, and uh, so I had to be, anyways, fun fact, the first time I spoke, and only other time I spoke this message was at my home church growing up in South of City. And they have a pulpit that's like this tall, but it's like solid wood. And so one of my friends, actually Matthias, took a picture of me. And you can literally see like pulpit and then like the head of the microphone and my hair swooped up. And that's it. Um, so <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> um, so first off, I'm really excited. Are you guys excited? I'm excited about a lot of things. I'm excited and excitable right now because I'm really nervous. Um, which is a good thing, because I always heard that if you're nervous, you know there's no way in heaven that you could do this on your own. So the Lord is going to help me as I speak. Um, I've been to school and did all this stuff, and I've preached literally on this half of the country and done all kinds of awesome stuff, but uh, I still get nervous every time. But the Lord is with me. I'm also really excited for what New Song, uh, it, what's happening at New Song. Um, I'm really excited whenever I get to go to the future campus and see what's going on. Uh, just the other night, I went, um, I got off at like 5.30, went home and uh, combed my hair the right direction again, and then went over and helped touch up some paint and hung out with them until eh, 8.30 or so. Um, I'm not much of an all-nighter, not a, as hard of a worker as Mr. Nathan and uh, the other people who hang out over there all the time, but... Um, Anyways, first off, uh, I just want to start by saying thank you to each and every one of you. Uh, I didn't—I don't think I remembered to do this last time, but um, I think it's important. Uh, I'm—I value all of you as friends and family, and I'm thankful for um, you guys just opening up your arms and your church to let me come and hang out with you guys for hopefully the rest of however long God has us here, right? Um, so thank you to that and to Ken for calling me like a year and a half ago, like, hey, you like, we could use you at our church. Um, so, yeah, thanks to the Ferguson family. Um, and then uh, I just wanted to touch on a couple of things before I actually got into the word. Um, I really want to encourage you guys. I know that I'm a dapper, young, single man with all the free time in the world, even though I work three jobs, just like all the other two youth leaders do. I would encourage every single one of you, if you're just a little bit willing or you have just a little bit of free time, get yourself over to the new campus and help. Because um, Pastor CJ is working his hair out. I don't know. He's stressing himself out and working really hard, and he deserves um, help um, as our shepherd. That's his en entire job is to serve us and pray for us and love on us and prepare a message for us once, twice, three times a week. To and now t to build, like, be the general contractor for this entire ginormous new building that we're creating. So if you would pray for them, I know that they would appreciate it. Um, and your prayers are just as strong as theirs. I don't know if you guys know that or not. Um, but I would encourage you guys to help out. We are in the final stretch of this race of building this campus. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to get it done. I want to pack out that room every single week. It's our dream 
us three and CJs we've talked about to grow the youth large enough that we have to steal the main sanctuary from all of you guys. So that way we're, we'll do just as good or maybe even a better job at packing out the seats. So um, we want that, and I want you guys to want that as well. So in general, pray for your pastors. Pray for us youth leaders. We have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but in general, please do pray for the leadership team at New Song. There are people here who do a whole lot more than I do. Um, I know that Nathan works his tail off as well. I know that even the little Brummet boys and girl are working there and like pushing the grinder on the floor. And so pray for them. Um, and as a general cap, before we dive into the word, would you guys pray with me? Let's go to the, the Father in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I love you so much. God, I pray that you would enter into this place. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to take control of my mouth, to take control of my mind and my thoughts, Lord. In this moment, I want you to have full control. I want you to speak through me, Lord. I pray that uh, we would learn about you and your goodness and your character and how you view us and how you want us to view ourselves and those around us. It's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Awesome. So tonight, I was going to preach a different message. I had this thing where like, uh, I felt like the Lord had laid something on my heart, just like a few short words, bringing things into the light. And it was going to be kind of about like being accountable and sharing your, your weight with everybody um, and marching on in this crazy season that we are in as New Song. Um, and I actually had this funny illustration in mind. I was going to play a video that I've seen on YouTube many years ago. I was going to put Jordan Neighbors. I was going to give her, like, a Santa Claus bag and put, like, a bunch of rocks in it and make her, like, carry it around and have this weird illustration. But uh, I changed my mind. So next time. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm very imaginative. So tonight, um, this message that I'm going to be speaking, this is something that um, like I said before, I've preached one other time, um, and this is a sermon that I feel like the Lord has really, um, or, or this message is really something that he's laid on my heart um, long ago. Um, I'm 23 years old, and I feel like many, many moons ago, uh, the Lord had really spoken um, this into my heart, and it's really strengthened me, and so I would encourage you guys, uh, even though I'm this tiny, goofy, exuberant person, um, I would encourage you guys to be note-takers. Note-takers are history-makers. Retweet that. Uh, <laughs> um, but for real, um, I would really encourage you guys to take notes, because it's important to remind us and to remind ourselves what the Lord has done in our life, and um, the good things that he speaks into our hearts. Um, there's many times where, like, you know, one, two, five years ago that I'd share some tweet that pastor thing on Facebook, and then I'd see it again, and I'm like, man, that touched my heart today. Th I needed that again. It was like old me, new future me was going to be a goofball and needed to hear his gospel. Let's go, Jesus. Um, <laughs> okay, clearly I'm the only excited person here, so it's okay. <laughs> okay, um, so tonight we're going to be talking about having the right mindset 
um, and kind of our identity in Christ. Um, and if I were to give it a title, um, it would be, what mirror are you looking in? That being, you know, when you look at yourself in the mirror and the reflection that you see that reflects back to you, what are you getting from that? Uh, and what, you know, truths are you feeding your mind and your spirit? Or even what lies are you feeding your mind and your spirit? Um, what image is building up your identity? Is it full of temptation and lies from the devil saying, you're worthless, you're dumb? Or is it the Lord's word building you up saying that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, you are my child? You're beautiful, and it's okay that you're single. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> that was too far. We're going to move on. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm really excited. It's okay to laugh in church. Um, so when we wake up in the morning, what do we see? Are we satisfied or are we disappointed? Um, and sometimes I would go to say it's okay to look in, your, in the mirror and see yourself and be disappointed in the sense of to spur yourself on to grow and to be better. Amen? I, I, w I would think so. And we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit. Um, and I'm, gonna, I'm going old school Sunday school message right here. So this is going to be good for all ages and all people. So um, a few questions that um, you can write down or you can ask yourself would be, which mirror are you looking in? The Lord's mirror or the world's mirror? I should have brought like a mirror. If I say that word enough, it sounds like it's not a word. Um, and then what image do you see in that mirror? How, how are you seeing your image? What is your current identity? So for us to be able to accomplish anything, we have to know who we are in Christ. And I, I truly believe that. I believe that the Lord puts a calling on each and every one of us that is specific to each person. And then I believe that he puts a calling that is general to like all Christians, like go therefore and preach the gospel to everybody. That's not for exclu exclusively Ryan. That's for Janae. You know, that's for all of us, especially Janae. Watching you. <laughs> um, and so whenever we approach um, th that calling in various situations in life, the identity that we have for ourselves and the image that we see, as our see ourselves as, that will make or break how we go through that situation. Does that make sense? Yeah? Yes. This means yes in America. This means no in America. And then if you like what I'm saying... Or even if it's just a Bible verse, you can say, good word, Pastor Ryan. No, okay. Um, cool, cool. No. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, like I was saying, in order to accomplish what God has for you, you must know um, what he says about you and what the word says about you because the word is total truth um, and that is what should build you up. If you live a defeated mindset, if you, if you hear things, words of defeat, failure, if you think of things like that, you're going to live a defeated life. 
whenever trial and tribulation come your way, if you don't see yourself as strong and capable of moving on through that valley, you might not, to be quite blunt. But if you know where your foundation is, and you use the word as a lamp to your feet and a light to your path, and you lean on God as your strong foundation and pillar of awesomeness, I think you'll be able to get through life a little bit easier, right? Because we're going to go through hard times, and we're going to come up to mountains, and we're going to go through hard times, and it's just going to be a crazy cycle until the Lord snaps his fingers and we're up in heaven drinking sparkling grape juice. Uh, (laughs) So I would like, so, okay. Before This is the last thing before we go into the word. This is all like a preface. I'm like, getting to the point before I even give the full story. Um, Whenever you know those things, whenever you have that gospel in your mind and in your heart, those things that build you up, that is something that you can share to those around you. You can shine like a light to those who are around you. Good stuff. I'm going to try and not jump jump the gun too much here. So if you guys would open your Bibles, we're going to be reading the Bible tonight. Isn't that awesome? Um, good word, good word. I don't know if you've noticed, I'm a little more old-fashioned. That might set some minds at ease. I've got physical paper up here with writing on it as well. And I have a paper Bible. That's right. Look at it. Listen. Yeah. This isn't an iPad. <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing. I'm not teasing CJ because he uses an iPad. I, I used to have one and it broke. Um, okay. We're going to be turning to... First uh, Samuel chapter 16. So there's two parts to this message. The first part is going to be, how does God see you? You can write that down. How does God see you, Andrew? How does he see you? Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. Amen. Hallelujah. That's right. And he sees me as a tall and mighty warrior. I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody come to me in like a prayer meeting or a worship night and go, the Holy Spirit inside you is very tall. (laughs) I'm like, and the regular me is not, but thank you. (laughs) So 1 Samuel chapter 16, we're going to be starting in verse 6. This is the story of David, young David. So, oh, oh, I'm in chapter 26. So, Everybody get your laughs and giggles out. Chelsea, stop tickling Andrew. Uh, (laughs) Um, So kind of the background here, Samuel, a prophet. um, God basically hits him up on his iPhone X one day and says, hey, we need a new king soon. I need you to kind of get him ready early on. I have a guy in mind. He's the son of this dude named Jesse. If you guys don't know what dude means, it means guy. There's a guy named Jesse, and he has some a son that I want you to anoint to become king later. <laughs> All right, so uh, Samuel goes, okay, Lord, I'll go ahead and do that. And he hops in his uh, car and drives down the road. He gets, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm going to stop. So uh, verse 6, when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this, this is the Lord's anointed. And uh, he, he sees him and he 
because I'm going to assume Eliab was tall and skinny or buff. And he thought, okay, in my mind, this guy's a good warrior. Probably he's a good king. This is who we want, right, God? And immediately God hits the red buzzer and goes, nope, sorry. Um, Verse 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. That's comforting for me. God doesn't judge me because I'm tiny. (laughs) You guys can laugh. It's okay to laugh. The Lord laughs at my bad jokes. Um, The Lord... The Lord doesn't make decisions the way that you people do. By the way, I'm reading out of the NLT. Um, The way that you people do. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the person's thoughts and intentions. That's comforting for some, and that's also scary for some. Amen? How many of us have had a not-so-holy thought, you know? Nobody. I'm sure. I'm sure it's nobody. Nobody's ever had that issue. Um, And so... Uh, Samuel continues to talk to uh, Jesse. Um, And so Jesse then calls Abinadab, and he's presented to Samuel. And Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Then Jesse presented Shema. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse presented seven of his sons to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord hasn't chosen any of these. Um, And I'm just going to take a guess, because as we read in the next chapter, at least two of David's brothers are in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Um, and you've all seen the Veggie Tales, right? The, the cucumber. And the, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm excited. All right. And so he says, the Lord hasn't chosen any of these. Is this all of, all of your sons? And uh, Jesse replied, um, there is still the youngest one, but he's taking care of the flock. So Samuel says to Jesse, well, go get him. We'll see what God says, question mark. Um, for we cannot turn our attention to other things until he comes. And I would imagine if I were Samuel in that moment, I would start to think to myself, self, Lord, are you really having me waited out for some 12-year-old poking sheep around in the f- pasture? There's no way. I mean, are you sure it wasn't that tall, buff, long-haired Thor-looking guy over there? Because he'd probably make a good king. I bet he'd be a good fighter. And I'm sure the Lord would have just given him the silent che- treatment until David shows up. Um, so Jesse went to go get David. Um, and this is a f- tiny little fun fact fun Bible fact for you guys. The Bible describes David as ruddy. That means he was a ginger. He had red hair. There you go. Now you know what that word means. That's the only thing I took to heart from Bible school. So (laughs) I'm I'm joking. Um, But whoever wrote this book thought a lot of David. It actually says, now he was ruddy with attractive eyes and handsome appearance, a lot like what you see up here tonight. Um, Minus the red hair, of course. Um, we're recording this, right, Nathan? Is Okay, good. <laughs> um, and the Lord then said to Samuel, that's the one. That's him. Right there. Go and anoint him now. And I bet there might have been like a tiny little dialogue between Samuel and God. Like, are you sure, ab- are you sure about that? 
Yes, Samuel. Get the job done. Let's go. We, like, we've got to get ready. Hurry up. Go anoint him. Put the oil on his hair and stuff. And <laughs> so they go ahead and they anoint him. Um, so Samuel took his horn full of olive oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. The spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day onward. And then Samuel got up and he went home. That's pretty cool. And I, that is a good like preface to the next part of the story that we know how it's going to end, um, which is a good thing. It's going to be a good ending, happy ending. Um, that's comforting to somebody like me to know that the Lord saw these great people, or in our eyes, these great, tall, warrior, WWE, SmackDown, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson-looking fellows and thought, no, no, sorry, you're not the king, sorry. Um, I've got somebody who has a pure heart and isn't conceited, or whatever that would be. Um, that's comforting to me to know that whenever I've felt down and out and I've compared myself to others and I've looked in the wrong mirror and I've saw, seen, seen, thank you, and I've seen myself as small, worthless, weak, not strong, not smart, you know, that's comforting to me that even though I might have my, <laughs> pun intended, shortcomings, um, you can laugh at that one, it's okay, no, <laughs> you're like, is that okay to laugh? It's okay, um, that I've had shortcomings in my life, physical, mental, personal, personality, a bull, no, that's not a word, um, <laughs> personable, Sure. Um, I've looked at myself in the world's mirror and compared myself and thought, there's there's no way. I, God, I can't do what you've called me to do. Whenever I was 14 at a small uh, full gospel camp in Wyandotte, Oklahoma, I felt the Lord um, speak to my heart on the call to ministry day, Wednesday. Um, I've called you into ministry, Ryan. I've, I've felt the Lord and the Holy Spirit speak that into my heart. And to me, I'm thinking like, God, I'm not like a smart guy. I know I'm a talkative goofball who gets in trouble every week by the teacher who talks too much. But I don't think I'd make a good preacher. Um, are you sure about that? Um, and the Lord goes, none of that matters. It doesn't matter that you were literally the middle in rank in your class, that you are actually average in your school studies. It doesn't matter that you're short. It doesn't matter that you don't play sports like all the cool kids. None of that matters to me. What matters to me is that I have called you. I have ordained you. I have anointed you. I have asked you to speak my gospel and about my goodness to the youth of this area. And Maybe someday to this country and this world. How awesome would that be? Pretty awesome. That's the answer. <laughs> that's comforting to somebody like me to know that even though I see myself as all of those things, and what I said earlier is true. In high school, I graduated with 242 people. My rank number, 121, right in the middle. I am nothing special in the world's eyes. Um, I wasn't like a straight-A student. I was never in sports. It, none of that even matters. But even though I put that on myself and I let that weigh myself down and I thought, okay, 
are you sure, God? Because I just don't feel like you've called me to anything. I know that the Lord spoke clear as day to my heart and said, yes, I have called you, Ryan Matthew. You are called to speak to the next generation and to lift them up and to exhort them and to love on them and to strengthen them and to empower them and to disciple them to know me and to face this crazy world that we live in with power, strength, and a true identity in Christ. That's comforting to somebody like me. I don't know about you guys, but that's a good thing to know, that whenever we hear those things, whenever we feel those things, and it doesn't even have to be personal. It could be certain things in your life. Whenever you think, I'm just poor. I'm just not sure what I'm doing. I'm walking aimlessly in life. I don't know where you're leading me, Lord. It's good to know that he does have a calling for each and every one of us, specifically and as Christians. And if if there is anybody here tonight that thinks, oh, I just, I don't know what it is for me though, Ryan. I still don't know. I'm lost. I have no idea. Follow God. Pursue him in general. Do what the Bible says. Love on him. Lift your hands to the sky every day. Get on your knees and surrender to him and give him your all and it will become clear to you. It doesn't matter if you're 4, 18, or 80. God has a plan for you and a purpose for your life. If you're breathing, he has something ready for you. Get your life in check and find your identity in him. Root yourself in his goodness and everything will be cake. Kind of. <laughs> so, I shared a little bit about my testimony there. Um, but it's comforting, once again, to know that even though I felt that, that day that the Lord called me, even after that day, I still struggled with temptations, and I still do today like any fleshly human being on earth does. It's still awesome to know, and I can testify to you today, that the Lord has continued to fulfill that in me. That that same camp, a year later, I felt the Lord say, I want you to go and talk to that guy over there, Roland Depew. I want you to learn about Victory Bible College. And if I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have gone there. I wouldn't have met Branson. I wouldn't have the job that I do now. I wouldn't be at this church. Maybe I would. God would find a way to work it out, I'm sure. But if there, he also gives us free will. So maybe I would have just, I don't know what that would be. So went somewhere else. Went to Texas. I don't like Texas. Um, sorry if anyone's from Texas. <laughs> so it's good to know that even because I listened, even though I knew that I had shortcomings, I decided, you know what, God, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to find my identity in you. I'm going to pursue you, and I'm going to do what you say. And I know that your will for my life will come to pass as long as I'm doing that. I went on to graduate Bible college. I went home and served at my home church for a year. Um, I went and worked at New Life Ranch for two years. And I feel like all of those experiences, all of the mission trips that I've gone on, all of the churches that I've visited and served at and spoken at and 
led worship for, have empowered me for this moment right now. And I believe that there are specific things in each one of you that have built you up for every single future moment in your life. And there are still things ahead of us that the Lord wants you to pursue. So moving on, the second part is knowing who you are. Because if you don't know who you are, you won't be able to approach those things in life. And so if we turn the page to chapter 17. Verse 28. And I kind of just want to remind you guys, in case you forgot after all of my hilarious jokes, um, David is still a kid here. It's just one chapter of time went by. (laughs) And he's still, I'm going to say like 15. He's still a young boy. And he, if you've seen the VeggieTales video, it's way better, cause, or not better, it's funnier, because he goes to take pizza to his brothers, and then he overhears all of the Israelites, God's chosen people, God's army. He hears them, over overhears them talking about this super tall, buff dude, um, and saying, there's no we're going to win. There's no way we're going to defeat this guy. What are we going to do? He keeps slaying half of our our army. How are we going to handle this? And David kind of like leans in. It's like, what are you guys talking about? Who's this tall guy you're talking about? <laughs> um, if, if it was a cartoon, remember, think with me, cartoon, silly. Uh <laughs> So as he hears about this, he is confident in himself. And so he inquires, verse 28, um, But when David's oldest brother Eliab heard David talking to the men, he was angry. He said, What are you doing here anyways? He demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know, th- I know about your pride and dishonesty. You just want to see the battle. And David said, What have I done? I was only asking a question inquiring about this Goliath figure. He walked over to some others and asked them the same and received the same answer. David's question was reported to King Saul, and the king sent for him. David told Saul, Don't worry about a thing. I'll go fight the Philistine. Remember that I'm sure maybe Abinadab or Eliab, the super tall handsome buff guy that Samuel saw earlier and thought, this would be a good king, he's probably a warrior, is in this crowd, in this army, uh, along with other grown men who have prepared their whole life for this moment to go and fight in the Lord's army and to defend the name of Israel. And this little teenager dude comes in and says, I'll go fight the Philistine. And Saul replies, don't be ridiculous. There is no way you can go against this Philistine. That's one. No way. You're only a boy. Two. And he has been in the army since he was a boy. Three. I've given you three reasons, David, why you are not capable of fighting this person. There's no way. You're not worthy. You're not strong enough. You don't know. It even the slightest thing about wielding a sword and a shield and a helmet. You're wild. You're crazy. 
David said, I've been taking care of my father's sheep for some time now. And when there's a lion or a bear that comes to steal the lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club, with a baseball bat. And I take the lamb from its teeth. That's graphic and really cool. I would love to see that in a movie. Um, Avengers 5. Uh, David comes in and like beats Thanos up with a rock and a sling. Uh, <laughs> if the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw. He says, I put my hand in that thing's mouth. You're crazy, David. I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. That is exactly what my Bible says. <laughs> that's crazy. Did I mention that's crazy? <laughs> I've done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. Best part. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The living God, the true God, the one, Yahweh. The Lord who saved me from the claws of the lion and the bear will save me from this Philistine. Have any of you guys heard that song by Elevation Church, Do It Again? It's a good song. You should listen to it. Um, it talks about, you know, it's actually talking about when Joshua is walking around the walls of Jericho. And he's talking about walking around these walls. Um, I thought by now they'd fall. But I know I'll see your faithfulness. And he talks about, he know, he's seen the Lord do good in his life before. And he is certain that he'll do it again. And that's comforting to know for each and every one of us. When we've gone through a tough time, whenever we've faced temptation, when there's been a giant casting its shadow over us. See that imagery there? You like that? That's pretty, that's pretty cool. I thought about that. In the moment. Um, whenever that <laughs> is casting its shadow over us and we're feeling weak, we're feeling incomparable to this giant, whatever it is, whether it's you lost your new car. You hit a mailbox. Just kidding. Whether it's you didn't get that sale at work. That would be to me, you know, sell cell phones. If you guys need a phone, hit me up. Um, uh, whatever it is, whether it's disease, whether it's financial struggles, whether it's a crazy disobedient child that you're thinking, I've prayed for this kid so many times. I've asked you, Lord, to come through in my life. But I know that I will see your faithfulness come to pass in my life. And that's what David is saying right here. He's saying, I've gone through some crazy stuff, man. I've put my hand in the mouth of a lion. I wouldn't even do that. That's terrifying. That's scary. I don't even like regular cats. <laughs> I wouldn't, uh-uh. I'm, I'm a big crybaby. He's saying, I've done that. I've been there. I've been, I've had the slobber falling on my face. Lion's about to eat me. And I took it down because the Lord strengthened me and enabled me to do so. And he's saying, and you know what? This is another crazy hard thing. And I know that the Lord is with me. David knew his identity. He knew who was on his side. He knew who was backing him up. 
And he knew that with God on his side, there is absolutely no way in heaven, hell, or earth that God would fail him. And we need to have that mentality in our life. We need to know our true identity in Christ whenever those things come to pass. Because I know for myself, and I'm sure none of you guys, because you're perfect holy Christians, um, I know for myself, whenever I've come to a really hard time in life, I've faced depression. I've, for the first, when I was six until I was almost 18, I lived in and out of a hospital. I was in and out of a wheelchair. I was on crutches. I had my legs broken over and over and over by the doctors. I knew that the Lord was going to be faithful. Whenever my legs and my growth plates started to screw up again and they would bow out and mess up, I knew whenever the doctor would say, okay, you're going to have to have your seventh surgery on your leg because that's, that thing's all kinds of crooked and messed up. You need to get that fixed. That's weird. I knew that it was worth it to go through that trial and to that go through that hard time because I knew the goodness that was going to be on the other side of it. I knew that it was going to physically strengthen me. Whenever I've gone through tough times in my life of stretching out on faith, moving to a town where I don't know almost a single soul, and hoping that I will be able to do good enough at a job to pay for a two-bedroom apartment for only one person, I knew that the Lord was going to be faithful to me and help me get through this time. And through that, the Lord has strengthened me and double and triple timed anything that's ever, any lie that I ever believed. And I'm not just surviving right now, I'm thriving because I know the goodness of the Lord, and I trust that, and I'm rooted in that. And David was as well. So Saul gave David his armor. It's too big, so he had to take it off. And he said, I can't go in these. I'm not used to them. So he, he took them off. He shook them off, threw them in the corner. He picked up five smooth stones from the stream. He put them in his little satchel backpack thing. And <laughs> I'm ad-libbing here obviously. Then he ar armed only with his shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across to go and fight Goliath. Verse 44. Nope, nope. 41. Goliath walked out towards David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at his ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you came to me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his little g gods, not real Philistine pagan gods. And come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. This dude, he's fought a lot of people. He's taken down a lot of people. And done a lot of crazy bad things. But the coolest part about this story right here is the one thing that he hasn't come to face yet is somebody who is confident in the goodness and the strength of the Lord Almighty. And that's awesome. 
So David hears all of that nonsense and gibberish that he's talking about getting fed to the birds, and he says, sorry, I lost my spot. (laughs) David shouted in reply, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you, and I will cut off your head. It's a little graphic, so cover your ears, kids. Pretend like I didn't say that. And I'm just going to close the books on that because it gets, that's what happens. And David wins. You know, got to keep it PG at church. Uh, (laughs) So he goes on and he defeats him. And I truly, truly, truly believe that it was because he knew. He wasn't coming in half-heartedly. He wasn't thinking, okay, God, I really hope you come through this time. Remember that time you helped me not get my head bit off by that lion? I need you to help me out again, please, if you got some spare time. No, he was confident. He said, I know that the Lord will come and fight with me and for me and through me in this moment. And I pray that each and every one of us, when we face those times, that in our life, we have that giant staring us in the face. And we're thinking, ooh, that debt, that is scary. That disobedient son or daughter, Lord, help me. I don't know what I'm going to do. It doesn't matter what it is. I could think of a bunch of different analogies, but you guys know the things in your life that weigh over your head and even scare you. Whenever those things weigh over your head and scare you, send your God ahead of your path. And say, Lord, in Jesus' name, I rebuke that darkness and that temptation. And Lord, I know that you will sustain me in this moment. I know that you will strengthen me for this. I know that I will come past this successful. Because if you live with a defeated mindset, you will be defeated. But if you live with a successful mindset, with an identity rooted in Christ you will be successful. You will be able to go through that. And that's not to say, that's not supposed to be like this Joel Osteen, live your best life, brothers. That's saying the Lord will bring you through that. And you will learn a whole lot in that moment. And that's a good thing. So, I want to just ask you again, What mirror are you looking in? Where is your identity found? Is it in fear? Is it in chaos? Is it in temptation? Or is it in God and what he says? Because I'll tell you what God's mirror reflects to you. It says things... Like we are his child, James 1, or John 1, verse 12. Things like we are his friend, John 15, 15. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. We are wonderfully and fearfully made, Psalms 139, verse 14. 
We are his masterpiece and his workmanship, Ephesians 2.10. We're more than conquerors, Romans 8.37. We are not condemned, Romans 8.1. That's good news. That right there, that's gospel. And we need to let that sink into our hearts whenever those, those moments come into our life where we're terrified and we're scared and we're shaking in our boots and we don't know where we're going to go from here. Amen? Right? Would you close your eyes? I would really like to just once again encourage you all. If there's one thing that I believe the Lord has given me as a gift is joy and the gift of exhortation. And I would love to pray for you, each and every one of you. I know we don't have an exponential amount of time, and I understand that. But if you would, if you are currently in a state of life right now where, you know, maybe you're going through a trial, maybe you're in that dark valley, or maybe you're just a little bit lost and confused and you could really just use some help and some prayer and some accountability, If you've got that giant in your life that seems to be just wrecking everything in your path, and you, you're kind of like, well, what do I do here? Would you just lift your hand? My hand's up. Okay. <laughs> Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you so much. God, I pray that just in the name of Jesus, you would surround each and every one of your children in this room, those who are here and even those who are not, Lord. I pray that you would be just wrapping your arms around them and showing them the love of the most perfect Father. God, I pray that you would be strengthening those who are weak, shining a light to those who are lost, encouraging those who feel down. And Lord, I pray that you would take the hand of each person who is walking through a valley. God, I pray that you would show them your love. I pray that you would replenish their strength, Lord. I pray that you would be with them, Lord. And I pray that, most importantly, that you would give them a little bit of bravery and some strength to find somebody that they trust that also knows you as your their Lord and Savior and go to them and just open up and find a friend. God doesn't want us to do life alone. He wants us to be in community. So Lord, finally, Lord, I pray that you would just bless each and every one of us as we come and as we go. Pray that your angels of God would encamp around about us and keep us. Pray that you would bless my friends and my family here. We love you and we praise you, and it's in your son's holy and precious name that we pray. Amen. I would really encourage you guys, 
if you are going through something like that, if, you, if you're struggling with identity or whatever that is, this isn't a part of your Christianly duty to sit in a chair and to drop some money in a bucket and to hug somebody's neck and then to go home and not do anything. This is a good place to build community and friendship and to find your family. So there are people who aren't here that could use some love. I know that for a fact. I'm sure that we've got some families who come on Sundays, and I know that we have some youth who come on Sunday nights who could really use some encouragement and some love. I really encourage you and implore you to do just that and encourage those around you. Because that one thing that I said at the very beginning of this sermon was the most amazing thing and the after action of all of this is once we know our identity in Christ, that gospel, that good news, all of those verses that I shared were his friend, his son or daughter, were fearfully and wonderfully made. We are conquerors of sin and death and the grave with Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. We get to share that with those around us. Those crazy people who tell you crazy stories at work. I have some. We have some. You get to share that light into their life. It might even be friends and family members. I get to share the love of Jesus to my mother every single time that I see her. And it might not happen immediately, but if you're persistent and you're genuine with the love of Jesus, hearts will change. And that is our entire reason for being on earth. That's it. That is it. To love Jesus and to share that love and to take hands with those people and bring them up to heaven with us at the end. Amen? So I love you guys. Thank you for listening. I'm, I'm, I'm done. You guys are dismissed in Jesus' name.